Welcome to an episode of the Tiffo Mahapi Show hosted by myself. The show explores the impact, whether famously or infamously, some of my guests have had on the world. I believe that opening businesses and, and the healthy capitalism without the corporations which destroy the environment at I think be naive to say that we've completely overcome any polarizing or divisive issues on a racial front. We thank you for taking some time out to listen to the podcast. I think we can start with a brief intro of uh, who you are and wow, the role you play at the World Health Organization. I'm Dr. Mary Steven. I work with the health emergencies uh, team here at the regional office for Africa in Congo, Brazzaville. Thank you for joining me on my podcast, The Tefoma Happy Show. The first question I wanted to find out is, what do we know about the origins of the virus so far? Because there's been all sorts of speculation and myths about it. Yes, so <laughs> like you said, all sorts of speculation. But what we know on 31st of uh, December 2019, the People's Republic of China reported to WHO as a form of uh, notification under the International Health Regulation cases of cluster of uh, uh, pneumonia-like illnesses, which was later discovered to be the novel coronavirus. So as far as we know, the infection uh, was first reported in China, but where the initial infection in terms of whether it came from animals or from whatever source, we still don't have that information and we wouldn't want to speculate also on this. Okay, so the investigations are still ongoing from the medical research side? Yes, so there has been a lot of uh, research ongoing in terms of uh, a lot about the virus itself, the transmissibility, where is it coming from, therapeutics, vaccine. So a lot of research uh, work is ongoing. You mentioned something that it's called the novel coronavirus, but recently I've seen that it's been called the COVID-19. Can you explain why firstly it's called the coronavirus and also what does the 19 mean? Is it a derivative of another virus or a different version? Okay, so now uh, coronaviruses have been in existence before the novel coronavirus. So there are a group of viruses that are known to cause uh, respiratory infections. So mainly they cause mild symptoms, but we have seen over the years some coronaviruses like the MERS-CoV and the SARS-CoV that have the potential to also cause severe disease. So the reason why they are called coronavirus is because at the, on their outer layer, they have a crown-like spikes where the name corona came from. And of course, for COVID-19, it was named coronavirus 19, that's 2019, when the first the cases were first discovered. Of this specific version? Yes, so it's coronavirus disease 19. So coronavirus Virus disease, disease 2019, yes. Ah, so that's what COVID stands for. I'm glad you yes. clarified that. Now, the World Health Organization, WHO, has declared it a pandemic. I wanted to understand, and also I think my listeners would love to understand, what does it mean that it's been declared a pandemic for us as normal people? Okay, so a pandemic simply means widespread of diseases across countries and continents, basically, in, in, in simple terms. 
As you know, today we have recorded about 130,000 cases in over 123 countries. So you can see that the virus has really, really spread quickly, fast, across almost all the continents of the world. There's been a lot of myths, lots of speculation about how it can be treated or its effects. Is it deadly? If, if I catch it, will I die? I think that's the first question people want to know. From statistics, yes. the research is that we have seen coming out of China, it indicates that 81% of the cases will present with mild symptoms, 14% will present with severe disease, and then 5% will present with critical cases. So now, it, there are lots of different variables that determines how your immune system responds to this outbreak. But we have seen also from evidence coming out from China that people with advanced age, older people, and also people with uh, comorbidities have poor prognosis. Um, but definitely 81% of the cases are going to be mild. So the key thing now is if one catches coronavirus, the first thing is not to panic. Okay, um, I think that's important. Yeah. There is no need to panic. Just make sure that the health workers are informed. And then, of course, from there, depending on which country one is, you will get the appropriate information and what needs to happen, isolation and, you know, the care that somebody that is infected will receive. So all countries for us in the African region already have identified health facilities where they will be treating these cases. So the first thing is not to panic. People that are sick are being admitted and taken care of in designated hospitals. Based on myths and misconceptions about the long-term effects of the virus, how different is it, first question is, how different is it from the normal influenza that we see annually? And also, does it affect the lungs in a long-term sort of way that's different from influenza? Okay, so just to say that the current coronavirus, we don't have scientific evidence to show that this virus is presenting or it's more deadly under different characteristics of the virus. So you know it's a new virus and there has been a lot of research ongoing, but so far we have seen that the case fatality rate has remained relatively low, although we are seeing a white so in terms of transmissibility, we still do not understand everything about the transmissibility of the virus. And of course, as you know, it currently does not have specific treatment and also does not have specific vaccine. So talking about how it differs from the influenza virus. And initially, if you look at the trend, some countries thought, okay, this is just normal seasonal influenza, and they kind of ignored the signals at the beginning, and now they are battling with, you know, widespread disease. So for me, irrespective of what the differences are, we just need to take it very seriously and make sure that we identify all the cases and then isolate, manage the cases to contain the outbreak. Talking about containing it, I think the next question, logical question is, if I don't have it currently, what is the most effective way as a normal person to reduce my probability of catching it? 
Yes, so as an individual, there are different things that we need to do. The basic, basic things, washing your hands with soap and water or use uh, hand sanitizers, uh, social distancing, staying about one meter away from people that are coughing or sneezing. And if you yourself, you are sneezing or coughing, uh, using the cough etiquette to make sure that you can cover your nose with tissue and dispose properly later or you use a bent elbow to cough into. And also another thing is to avoid touching faces, mouth and nose because we understand <laughs> it's not impossible. It's, it's doable. So we understand that the, the virus can actually get into human body through, of course, this mucous uh, membrane. So let's not say it's difficult. It's something that is doable. We okay, need to make cute. sure that, yes, our hands are clean and it's, it's, it's a conscious effort, no? So we try to yes. make conscious effort to avoid touching our faces, mouth, and of course, you know, so we don't introduce the virus in case you have touched somewhere that is contaminated and your hands are not clean to introduce the virus into the system. So these are simple steps that people can take and of course, get every correct information and uh, making sure that we do not spread rumors as well. So pass the information, the correct information to the person next to you to make sure they are also informed in terms of how they could also protect themselves. And once an individual is sick and uh, you have a history of either travel to areas where there is local transmission or having had a contact with somebody that is infected, is to make sure that as soon as uh, we are presenting with symptoms, to present, call the hospitals and inform the health workers early enough so we don't stay and further contaminate people in our household. Okay, that was my next question that now I, let's say I've caught it, what is the best way to avoid spreading it and also to avoid getting, because as you mentioned earlier, you said that we don't know all the information about it scientifically yet. So how do I, if once I have it, how do I protect myself from getting more sick and spreading it? Specifically, let me talk about the African context, what we are doing, yes. uh, because people are doing different things elsewhere around the world. It depends on the peculiarity of their country. But in the African context, what we advise is that as soon as an individual is presenting with symptoms, we need to call our health facilities. And most countries also have toll-free numbers where we can call and uh, inform our health care workers that we could, you know, have coronavirus, uh, talking about the symptoms and also possible history of exposure before we present to the hospital. The reason is we don't want a situation where people just show up in the hospital and then contaminating other people. So informing the health workers ahead of time is a useful way in trying to reduce exposure to other people. And while at home, uh, you need to self-isolate before health workers will come to the house to isolate you as an individual so that you protect the members of your family as well. The one meter distancing will still apply. And if an individual is infected, uh, we recommend that you use uh, face masks so that you reduce transmitting the virus to other members of your family. And then once the health workers get that information, in the African region, what they are doing, basically, they will go or they will 
isolate the patient and take the patient to the designated treatment facility. And of course, they will begin to track all the people that uh, the sick patient has had contact with. So that's basically what is happening in the African region. But like I said earlier, people in across the world are doing different things according to their context and how many cases they have currently. Another thing is what we've noticed, as you mentioned, there's different countries with their own peculiarities about uh, how they are handling uh, the coronavirus disease. One thing I've observed is that uh, because of the misinformation and some of the exaggerations, if I can put it that way, perhaps I'm using the wrong word, the healthcare infrastructure has come under stress and some of the illnesses that were being treated, people are not being treated as they were before. What is happening in the African context to prevent this from happening? In the African context, as we speak, most, as you know, most of our cases have been imported really from affected countries where we have currently local transmission. So right now we don't have widespread of cases yet. So what countries are doing is to focus on early identification of the cases, reporting isolation and effective management. Also tracking all the contacts to make sure that we, we are not missing any case. So basically, we are focusing on trying to limit the spread of the outbreak, knowing fully well that our systems are very fragile. And of course, if an outbreak such as this could overwhelm systems in places like Europe, we know what will happen in Africa. So we are trying as much as possible to make sure that we limit the spread of the outbreak by dictating all the cases early and mounting an effective response. One of the things people have been suggesting is that we should close our borders. Is that an effective strategy? I want to reiterate that WHO does not recommend travel or trade restrictions. We know a number of countries are currently implementing different measures, but whatever measure that a country in its sovereignty has decided to implement they should make sure that they enforce human rights and also protect the dignity of yes. the people they are dealing with. If you could highlight and debunk some of the myths, major myths and misconceptions that you've heard that you think people should not believe about the, the, the coronavirus. There are lots of different things that people are talking about, starting from what we discussed earlier. What is it that is the difference between influenza and the corona? Oh no, this is a flu. So we, we need we need to take it very serious. If it is corona, it's a coronavirus. Yes, we don't know everything about the virus, but we know that it can spread very, very fast. Secondly, people talking about the issue of using other medications, chloroquine, antiviral, and everything. So these are researches that are ongoing. There is no still scientific evidence concerning specific treatment for coronavirus. So basically, patients are being treated symptomatically. So we don't have evidence yet to prove that this is an effective treatment. We also do not currently have vaccine. But what we believe is that this outbreak, although it's spreading fast, there is an opportunity for containment. And so countries should focus on trying to detect the cases early and also making sure that we track the contacts and manage the cases properly 
to curb further spread, especially for us uh, in the African region. Dr. Mary Stevens, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to me. I know you must be very busy, so I will let you go. And thank you once again for your time and explaining all this. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Tefomohapi Show, which is broadcast by iAfrican Radio. To be notified of future episodes of this podcast and any other shows from iAfrican Radio, please visit radio.iafrican.com. That is radio.iafrican.com and subscribe. You can catch future episodes on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget to leave us a review and rating of the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter at Tefomohapi, which is T-E-F-O-M-O-H-A-P-I. And also don't forget to follow iAfrican2 on Twitter at I-A-F-R-I-K-A-N. Hot. Oh, <laughs> my